from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 22nd, 2024. Not in a car, rather my hotel room here in Manchester, New Hampshire. Don't know the difference, actually. We weren't planning on a pod before the primary, but there's just so much news, and that's why this pod is so big. It's bursting with a weekend of campaign trail activity from huge endorsements for former President Donald Trump and top South Carolina politicians rallying for him in New Hampshire as former Governor Nikki Haley sharpens her attacks on him while barnstorming across the state. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out on Sunday and endorsed Trump, changing the dynamic of the election just two days before the Granite State primary. There's plenty of campaign trail bites here, including from the only person who can judge me, Judge Judy herself, who rallied for Haley on Sunday. And we have the final poll numbers before New Hampshire votes Tuesday. The lead loves hearing from y'all. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. Give us some hot takes. Tell us what you guys want to hear more of, less of, everything in between. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. 803-563-7169. And of course, if you don't want to leave us a voicemail, you can always do our survey online at southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey. You can also find out more about the South Carolina primary, the latest news from the trail, and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and SCETV.org slash SC2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage, or what's left of it. On Friday, as we previewed, Senator Tim Scott became the latest former 2024 opponent to endorse former President Donald Trump, and he did so at his rally in Concord. Highly respected gentleman, and he's a wonderful friend. And remember, he's, you know, uh, I'm running against somebody from his state, so it's not, it's not that easy to do. I mean, she is, she is running from the state of South Carolina, which, by the way, where I'm, I'm leading her by over 50 points, so I don't know what the hell kind of a job she did, but in South Carolina. But he's a senator from South Carolina. He's a fantastic man, Tim Scott. Is this Donald Trump country? Oh. You know, we need a president who will close our southern border today. We need Donald Trump. We need a president who will unite our country. We need Donald Trump. We need a president who will protect your social security and my mama's social security. We need Donald Trump. We need a president today who will stop the crime and recklessness in the streets. We need a president who will restore law and order. We need Donald Trump. A reminder that Trump faces 91 felony criminal charges across four pending cases against him, involving two election interference cases, hoarding classified documents, and falsifying business records. 
Now, this wasn't an unexpected move for Scott, as rumors of him being on Trump's shortlist for running mates continue to swirl, and as Scott looks at his own political future. I mean, think about it. Won't hurt to have Trump support should he run for governor in 2026, because South Carolina is Trump country. Get used to hearing that, folks. In fact, Scott will be with Trump on election night here. But Haley said on CNN that Scott didn't tell the truth about giving her a heads up on the endorsement, saying, quote, he didn't call, he didn't text, he didn't tell me he was going to do this, quote. She says she had texted him asking to, quote, sit down and talk about endorsements, quote. To be fair, that seems to be Scott's M.O., like on November 13th when he broke the news that he was ending his campaign on Trey Gowdy's show and didn't tell his staff beforehand. Let's go to Saturday. Okay. Haley kicked off her 52nd birthday on Saturday by seeing a contingent of South Carolina elected officials fly up for Trump's Manchester rally as a show of force while she continued barnstorming across the state with New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Trump had Governor Henry McMaster, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, Treasurer Curtis Loftus, Attorney General Ellen Wilson, Senator Scott and Lindsey Graham, Congressman Joe Wilson, Russell Fry, and William Timmons, and House Speaker Merle Smith on stage with him before some 4,000 folks. Trump announced McMaster and the others and put it like this. We'll be there in three weeks. So we're going to be there in three weeks, so you know what I'm doing? I'm kissing ass. I'm kissing ass. Congressman Fry spoke for four minutes, Lieutenant Governor Evett got about a minute 20, and House Speaker Merle Smith spoke for a minute 45 and said this in part. I love your motto, live free or die. Do we feel like we've been living free for the last four years? Well, there's a way we can fix that, and that is to elect Donald Trump as the next president of the United States. My name is Merle Smith. I'm the Speaker of the South Carolina House. I served with Nikki Haley in the General Assembly. I held a fundraiser for her when she ran for governor at my home. But I can tell you right now, I, as, a, as well as a majority of my colleagues in the leadership of the South Carolina House of Representatives and members, are supporting Donald Trump. And let me tell you why. Because this man created one of the most robust economies in our lifetime four years ago. If you win by a big margin here, we'll finish a job in South Carolina. And of course, Governor McMaster closed it out and even quoted the Spice Girls. Y'all know what the pure plural of y'all is? All y'all. Well, I want to tell all y'all why we all are here. I don't know if you noticed, but all the statewide elected officials in South Carolina, we call them constitutional officers, are for Trump. Except one, she's a rookie and she'll figure it out before long. Our two U.S. senators and the vast majority of the people of South Carolina want Donald Trump. So, so that's why we are here. We are here for one reason. We're here for one reason. You've heard this, those great philosophers, the Spice Girls. Tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Well, that's what we're here to do, to tell you what we in South Carolina want, what we really, really want. And there he is, right there. I got more. He's short. All right, I, I got four short reasons, four short reasons. We want Donald Trump. 
Why? To protect our borders, return the illegals, and build a wall. That's reason number one. Reason number two, get the woke out of our military and put the fight back in. Reason number three or four, put common sense conservatives, judges in the courts to restore the rule of law and the Constitution. And finally, to tell our enemies abroad that America is standing back up and it's time for them to sit back down. Worth noting that Haley supports all of those positions. And another note, I couldn't cover any of the Trump events because his campaign denied me a media credential, so I was not there to see our folks. Now, Haley's daily campaign schedule averages around six stops to get out the vote in small places like diners and restaurants, and then usually rally at the end of the day, like she held in Nashua, where she sharpened her attacks on Trump's foreign policy stances and his mental state. Listen to this. This is not personal with me and Donald Trump. I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. None of that. This is totally about the fact that I don't want my kids to live like this. I'm watching out for them. That's what we have to think about. And then yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but Trump went on this rant at this rally, and he's going off how Nikki Haley didn't allow security into the Capitol. Nikki Haley kept all that from happening. Where was she at the riot? She should have been at the Capitol. What is he talking about? (laughs) I wasn't in D.C. on January 6th. I wasn't at the Capitol. But you know what? Look at Joe Biden two years ago and look at him today. That's just what happens. We have to be honest about that. And here's the clip she was talking about. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. She continued in on him in front of the crowd of some 400 folks by calling out Trump's approach to dealing with dictators amid an increasingly hostile world. If you remember Otto Warmbier, he was a student who was tortured in North Korea. And I got to know his parents because I was at the United Nations at the time. And President Obama had told that family to just stay quiet. Don't say anything. You don't want to upset North Korea. And I told that family, you speak as loud as you possibly can. You fight for Otto. You fight for everything that's happening. You tell people what North Korea did, and you don't stop talking about it. And if you're a parent in this room, what his parents had to witness when he returned home to them, no parent should ever have to go through that. And so I would constantly stay in touch with her just as a mom, to keep her strength up, to make sure that she knew she wasn't alone, to make sure anything I could do to call out North Korea, I did it. You know what Trump did? Because she would call me or she would text me. She was so upset because he would talk about the love letters he had with Kim Jong-un. He would talk about the fact that he didn't really think that that Kim Jong-un knew about the torture because Kim told him that. When the world is on fire, You want to talk about a contrast in foreign policy? 
you don't befriend dictators and thugs who want to kill us. He praised China's President Xi a dozen times after China gave us COVID. He congratulated the Chinese Communist Party on the 70th anniversary, bless you. We don't ever congratulate communists, ever. And when I was in the administration with him at the UN, I literally had to sit him down and stop, tell him to stop this bromance that he had with Putin because it was dangerous. We have to start being smart. We're trying to prevent war. And so in order to do that, you've got to put your enemies on their heels. Haley dropped a three-minute-long ad here that aired Monday with Otto Warmbier's mother, Cindy. It is part of the $31 million spent by Haley and her allied super PACs in New Hampshire. More than $5 million of that was spent this past week, according to an NPR analysis of data from the tracking firm Ad Impact. Haley also faced interruptions by climate activists in Nashua, the same ones I saw outside of Drake Diner in Des Moines the morning of caucus day. Now, these are folks sponsored by the Sunrise Movement that follow her around. And I'm only sharing this not to give them a platform, but so you can hear how it went down and how she handled it and what she had to say. These are people making decisions on our national, national Hello, security. Haley. Hi. Why are you letting our homes be destroyed in climate disasters? Nikki. You're taking Nikki. 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 You know, I, I want to say something because it's really important. Don't boo someone like that. You know why? Because my husband and other military men and women sacrifice for us every day for her to be able to do that. Anybody else? Who can make these decisions on national security? Haley is a climate criminal. Oh. Climate criminal. address the young people who did protest today, who are truly worried about the environment. And what I will tell you is, we're all worried about the environment too. We all want clean air. We all want clean water. We all want a world that we can have our kids and our grandkids grow up in. That's not up for debate. But what we need to do is do it in a sensible way. First, call out India and China for the big polluters that they are. They are the ones that have to start cutting our emissions if we ever plan on doing something that's really going to save the environment. And the second thing is don't demonize energy producers. Partner with them. And do it in a way that you can do that transition in a common sense way. No more extremes of flooding the economy and saying we all have to have electric cars. Work with our producers and see they're doing things like nuclear fusion and other things where they are finding the innovations that we need. As for her reaction to all the statewide elected officials and South Carolina politicians supporting Trump, this is what she had to say in a massive press gaggle at the Beach Plum, a seafood restaurant in the town of Epping known for their lobster rolls and fried haddock. The reason I don't have or want the big support from my legislators 
is because I pushed back on them when I was governor. I forced them to show their votes on the record that they were hiding by voice votes. I forced them to pass ethics reform that they didn't want to do. I vetoed half a billion dollars worth of their pet projects that they were using as pork to go back to their states. You're going to see, I'm not going to get a ton of congressional support either because I want term limits, because I want mental competency tests for anyone over the, seven, over the age of 75, because I've said if they don't give us a budget on time, they don't get paid. The, the elected political class has never liked me, and they will never endorse me. And I don't want it because I'm fighting for normal people. I'm not fighting for those politicians that have been there for a long time and have something to gain from it. And so I'm proud to be able to say that. I am a conservative through and through. I'm proud he brought the governor of South Carolina up. I'm not surprised by that. I ran against him and beat him when I ran for governor the first time. So he can bring all those people up there all they want. I won governor twice. I know the people of South Carolina. I respect them. They want to see hard work. They want to see you earn it. They want to see you fight for it. They don't want to see you kissing ass. They don't want to see you doing something that's not fighting for them. And so I will go and put the street tread in there just like I did when I won the first two times. And we'll show them again that I'm there to fight for them, not to fight for the politicians in South Carolina. Since we're here, a quick endorsement aside as part of our quote with friends like these who needs enemies quote segment. On Monday, Congresswoman Nancy Mace endorsed Trump. Wow. Yes, you may remember that it was Nikki Haley who boosted Mace's re-election campaign in 2022 after Trump endorsed her challenger, Katie Arrington. Haley headlined a fundraiser that took in $300,000 for Mace. She cut an ad and campaigned for her. Now Mace, who was Haley's congresswoman, is set to face a primary challenge by Dan Hanlon, her former chief of staff, who has plenty of receipts, I'm sure, and the support of former staff members who have gone through the revolving door and apparent trauma that is that office. Now, you may also say, didn't Haley give similar support to Florida Senator Marco Rubio in the 2016 Republican presidential primary too? Yes. Yes. And didn't Rubio just endorse Trump? Yes. Interesting. So this would all be shocking if it wasn't already so expected and par for the modern political course. Trump has the political juice and these folks are squeezing it. Another another juice squeezing reference here. Previous endorsements and relationships be damned. Now, the only member of the delegation who hasn't endorsed in this cycle is retiring 3rd District Congressman Jeff Duncan, who has been embroiled with personal problems stemming from an alleged affair and pending divorce. But I saw on Twitter that he's actually going to endorse Trump today on Monday, so it's everyone except 5th District Congressman Ralph Norman, who has been with Haley from the start. Now for some trail bites. Senator Tim Scott announced his engagement to Charleston interior designer Mindy Nose. Media reports say Scott proposed to Nose, whom he's been dating for a year on Kiowa Island on Saturday. Scott made headlines with his public hard launch of the relationship following the November 9th debate, his last. During an event hosted by Bloomberg with reporters, Haley's campaign manager, Betsy Ankeny, said regardless of the result Tuesday, Haley's campaign is moving forward. That includes a $4 million statewide ad buy that launches Wednesday in seven media markets on broadcast, cable, and radio. Haley also scheduled a South Carolina kickoff rally Wednesday evening in Charleston. Oh, it's just good to say the word Charleston. It's been so long. 
And more fuel to the, quote, continuing after New Hampshire fire, quote, is that she will participate in a major New York fundraiser on January 30th with some big money donors. So expect everything to be thrown at the state. But how to win in Trump country? How do you eat an elephant, Betsy said, one bite at a time. Big elephant. Now let's go to Sunday, which was a huge day on the trail here, and I want to walk you through it from the start. Now, I spent part of my Sunday morning at the home of Bob and Barbara Tennis in nearby Hookset. I met the two when Haley made her first swing through New Hampshire following her launch in February. I got their numbers and said I'd be in touch, and sure enough, on Saturday, I thought, you know, I really need a personal angle here, and I invited myself over to watch Haley be interviewed on CBS's Face the Nation. You can catch that in my Twisk segment because we're over time here. But while we watched Face the Nation, absent from the other big Sunday show, NBC's Meet the Press, was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He cited scheduling issues for the cancellation, but no one does that. You schedule around these things. That just fueled major speculation that the DeSantis death spiral was in motion. And sure enough, at a campaign stop in the sleepy seaside town of Seabrook at Brown's Lobster Pound, Haley broke the news to the 100 or so folks gathered there for lunch and to see her and the governor. Here's the scene, and yeah, there's a crying child in the background, so welcome to the trail, folks. We just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. No! And I want to say to Ron, he ran a great race, he's been a good governor, and we wish him well. Having said that, it's now... One fella and one lady left. A two-person race, which is how she labeled it when she finished two points behind him in Iowa, and she wrote him and the two New Hampshire debates off. Like so many times in this race, there was plenty of opportunity for Haley to make digs or cheap shots against folks like DeSantis or Trump. For example, at Brown's, she could have picked up a lobster in the back, told the press, this one's named Ron, and thrown it in a pot of boiling water. Boil him! (laughs) But she didn't. It would have been gimmicky and easy, but she doesn't do those things on the trail. Just like when she hits Trump and says it's not personal, but notes the guy is kind of losing it mentally, while backing it up with his own gaffes, which you already heard in this podcast. Contrast that with the nicknames and racist dog whistles you hear from Trump directed at her, and you understand why people look toward her for a fresh perspective. But polling shows that a faction, the largest faction of the Republican Party, doesn't want that. Remember, only 31% of Republicans nationally believe that Joe Biden legitimately won the 2020 election. Back in 2016, when Trump lost Iowa to Texas Senator Ted Cruz, he said Cruz, quote, illegally stole it, quote. When Trump won on January 15th with 51% of the vote, there wasn't a peep, and he and his supporters trusted the results because he won. So the prevailing logic for the majority of Republicans in Trump's party is, I win equals good and legal, I lose equals illegal, fraud, etc. That can be extrapolated into anything negative against him equals illegal, fake, not real. You repeat that long enough, get other people, credible people to support you, and continue to sell that to folks, and you can understand the us versus them narrative at play. Now, Haley continues pushing her message in hopes of garnering enough support from Republicans and the 40% of undeclared voters here, and she did so at her biggest rally in New Hampshire to date, in Exeter, Sunday evening, with America's judge, Judge Judy, who opened for her. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... America's judge, Judge Judy Scheinland. 
I'm not here necessarily to bash the competition, although I'm perfectly capable of doing that. <laughs> We've already seen what these two presidencies look like. It's time for Nikki Haley. This is her moment. She is a star. If I know few things, I don't know math, I don't know calculus, I couldn't be a doctor because I cheated on my chemistry final. <laughs> but I tell you this, I do know people. And this woman is the real deal. So... <laughs> so please, New Hampshire, use your brains and your heart. Bring her home on Tuesday, and it's a joy for me to be able to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Nikki Haley. Huge reveal there on that chemistry final, Judge. But again, you just heard Judge Judy say, I'm not going to say anything negative, though her presence is kind of like a low-key trolling of legal issues facing Trump, if you think about it. You heard Senator Tom Davis say the same thing at that Knoxville High School caucus site in Iowa. This is a classic example of they go low, we go high, Obama situation. So as we get close to wrapping up, yes, the stakes for Haley in New Hampshire are sky high. Governor Sununu routinely says a strong second here is what they're looking at. Haley in all of her gaggles, whether it's a diner, seafood restaurant, or pub, continues to give her expectations to the press. I have been consistent. Y'all have heard me say this over and over again. In Iowa, I wanted to be strong. We did that. We started at 2%, we ended at 20%. In New Hampshire, I want to be even stronger than that. And in South Carolina, I want to be even stronger than that. We'll find out what strong and stronger is on election day, but that's the goal. That's always been the goal. We've said on this podcast before that political watchers insist that a close, and I'm talking within single-digit finish here, is necessary for Haley to have any big momentum going forward to her home state in South Carolina. She's bypassing Nevada because she says Trump's campaign has already used rule changes in his favor there. But folks are saying she'll be out of it if it's a blowout in New Hampshire. Now, I contend and I dare say predict that Haley will go on as long as the money holds out. She started the year with $12 million on hand and is set to have that big fundraiser later this month. I can see her going until the money runs out or the delegate math doesn't add up say after Super Tuesday, and she can use some line like, the accountant in me says the numbers don't lie. But even if she's in a difficult spot out of New Hampshire, I can't imagine her ending things within sight of her own home state primary. Many Haley naysayers predicted she wouldn't even get this far. She wouldn't make it through the summer, the fall, or to Iowa or New Hampshire or her home state. So I don't see her giving them any satisfaction in South Carolina of all places. Of course, this is all predicated on just what happens in New Hampshire on Tuesday. So with that little screed out of the way, I'll leave you with some numbers from the final polls going into the first in the nation Republican presidential primary. A Boston Globe Suffolk poll conducted between January 20th and 21st puts Haley 19 points behind Trump, and that's without DeSantis. A Washington Post Monmouth poll done between January 16th and the 20th put her at 18 points behind Trump. A WHDH-TV slash Emerson poll done January 18th through the 20th puts her 16 points behind Trump. So I just threw a bunch of numbers at you, but this all adds up to a real clear politics poll average of 17.5 points behind Trump. Again, we're still looking for clarity from those undeclared independent voters that can and are expected to turn out Tuesday.
Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. A.T. Shire, producer of the pod. I'm glad you're here. Thank I'm, you so uh, much. Oh, my gosh. Thank I'm you so the much. Trail. I, uh, you're, you're I don't looking see good. many familiar faces. You're looking hale and hearty. You can be- it looks like you can barely keep your eyelids open, and yes, I hear that's healthy. <laughs> it is. The amount of caffeine I'm consuming, I'm glad we Googled how much caffeine kills you because I'm yeah. getting there. I'm glad that we uh, did all that math, that science <laughs> STEM stem work to really <laughs> hammer down on what you can and can't take and i mean you're 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 getting as close as possible to to the life or death i feel like to, to tell me more about heart palpitations i mean yes. are they really that bad <laughs> Uh, I I really want to know is Beetlejuice real? You'll have to let me know. Okay, Who? Beetlejuice. What? Don't, oh, you almost got me again. <laughs> Did I really? You got me once before. I know it was the highlight of my life. You you really almost got me there. That was good. That was very good. I'm not saying it again. Anyway, Gavin. Okay, well, we'll just have to figure out what he said. You? Oh, I guess I'll never know. Uh, uh, do you want Beetle drink? Beetle? Uh, Beetle dice? Who knows? Uh, anyway, Gavin, we're getting back to calls. Yes. Calls are back in the show, okay? <laughs> so, Gavin, are you ready? We're, we're getting a call in because, again, I am having a child with my wife. A child. Uh, show me the child. Partner. <laughs> and uh, our favorite baby rearer is calling rearer. in. So, are you rearer? Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Hey, guys. It's baby's mama. I am sorry. You called, it. You called me out. I was supposed to call you, and then... It's been a busy few weeks here, so I am so happy for you, A.T. I hope that you and your wife are so excited. Take your time and enjoy everything that's going on. Enjoy your time together now. Um, I've been racking my brain to decide what advice I want to give you because most parents, myself included, when you ask for advice, we want to dump all of the thoughts on you. And... Um, it's just not helpful if we overwhelm you with it. Um, the main thing, the most important thing that comes to my mind is how hard things can be right after birth for mama and honestly for dad. But, you know, moms usually have a lot of hormone changes going on, and it can be quite frightening. So be supportive. Just be there. Give her a chance to talk and know that it is a lot of hormones that are going to be talking through her. So give her all validity, love on her, give her all the time that she needs, help her as she gets through that big adjustment. Babies are pretty hardy. Like, um, you need diapers, you need wipes, help for anything that you're doing, whatever you're doing as far as feeding the baby. Fed is best. I'm probably going to get called out by someone in the state for that one, but fed is best, Okay. If things are hard, reach out for help to your parents, to your pediatrician, to her, to um, the OB, and don't Google stuff. Googling stuff, I know you're probably going to anyways, but Googling stuff is it could lead you down the path of panic, so just be careful with that. We had a lot more luck in changing diapers on a towel on the floor. Just, you know, that's how it goes. That way we were able to just throw it to our white load and move on with our day if something gone. I don't personally feel like you can have too many baby gates. My husband is going to hear this, and she, he's going to cringe, but that's just how I am. But you're not going to need those until the little one starts wandering. Just take your time and enjoy it. All right, y'all. 
Um, be safe traveling, Gavin, and I look forward to listening to you all this weekend. Thank you. Bye. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Baby's Mama, for calling. And I love that advice. Um, Very good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this podcast transitioning into a baby pod, like a mommy yes. blog, but it's a baby pod for you. Yeah, pee uh, in the pod, but that's our podcast. And I know that she, <laughs> I know that she was saying that um, <clears throat> it's, you know, she didn't want to overwhelm you with advice. I feel like you're going to bring us like the occasional like question or moment, and, and I'm sure we'll hear from folks about like just what's oh, going yeah. on with your with your new little baby. We're going to crowdsource this. We're going to have a lot of Twitter polls. Should yes. the baby get a bed? Yes, no. Yeah, you know. Right? Should I feed the baby today? Yes, no. Have I fed the baby too much? She's still yeah. crying. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows? she said, "Don't Google things." Well, we're not going to Google. We're going to crowdsource. That's yeah, important. we're crowdsourcing. It's much it safer. It takes but a village. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, baby's mama. Really, really appreciate it. I feel so deeply the do not Google things because <laughs> at the very beginning, Caitlin was googling things and getting very conflicting advice. But anyway, yeah. Gavin, that's about me raising a child. Um. And you sort of have, you were raised as a child, yes. you became a, an adult, and then you sort of have gone feral and now are getting re-raised. <laughs> Is that true? I'm getting reprogrammed. Yes. You yes. know, we're always talking about nature versus nurture. Yes. This is a nurturing situation. And by nurturing, I mean more of like a Stockholm syndrome situation. It's natural. It's natural. <laughs> That's all nature. <laughs> like you guys have, like you've known I've been on the trail for a while now. Uh, yes. some, some can't even count the days because it's mm -hmm. been so long between here and Iowa. It's been a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people have reached out and said, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun despite all the travel head headaches and such. But mm -hmm. you know, I've been on the road pretty much since the 9th of January. I got home for a quick day, uh, barely a day, not even. Uh, and when I was home, like repacking and doing laundry and editing up until the wee hours, I was like, nah, it's kind of boring here. I miss yeah, the trail. You, your trigger trail. finger was getting real itchy. You know what I mean? And then I was like, and of course, when I overslept and that, oh, it still traumatizes <laughs> me. But uh, <laughs> if this, this go around, like, you know, we left, we last talked on Friday. Uh, things have still been going pretty well here. It's not as like frigid. It's not as snowy. The folks are so it's, nice here. It's like they, not Iowa. Not that the yeah. people are mean in Iowa, but it's it's just warmer than that. And, there. you know, like <laughs> Iowa, okay, Iowa has the people. New Hampshire has the people and the charm. But you know what South Carolina has? We have all three. We have the people, we have the charm, yes. and we got yes. the food. Okay? And the weather. And, and the, the weather. weather. The weather there, yeah. Weather, um, you're pretty good. The weather, butcha. Uh, you go on the show, wow, like, you know, and I wanted, I was up by the Atlantic <laughs> the other day. I was like, oh, it, it looks different up here. It's, I think it was the sun. But I'm like, is it? A, it's never warm. That water's never it's warm. It's never warm. So what yeah. do you do? You guys just look at the water, put your toe in. Oh, this is great. Like, what's, also, what's the point of this? As someone with many, many parts of my family in Maine, mm -hmm. uh, the coast, it's the, the beaches are pure rocks. Yeah. Too. It's just it, pure rocks, and the water's so cold that if you put your feet in in August, they, it aches from being so cold. It's 51 I, degrees. And, like, you know, really cute seaside town, really tiny little houses. There's, they're not these big blown-out things that you see, like, in Garden mm -hmm. City or everywhere else on the coast. Like, just cute little things, little little clam stands, little shacks. lobster shacks. Shack, I mean, just yeah. really cool stuff. Uh, so I've been enjoying it. It's just such a different way of life up here in New England. I, I feel a little bit more pretentious just by being here. So that's been, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm looking forward to South Carolina slapping me around a couple times. You're becoming a man on the trail, Gavin. It's okay. I, I was These no changes are natural. Man. These changes are natural, okay? no longer a little boy. I was a little man. That's right. You're a pod man now. <laughs> so uh, we will be back soon. We're going to have, I didn't tell you guys this, but we're going to have a results show on Wednesday. 
uh, when I get back. It's gonna be a long day, but I'm glad we did this pod today, AT, because as you can tell, as you know, huge pod. Uh, yes, I don't know how massive. we would have done this on Wednesday in between meaty. me landing and then doing State of the State. So I'm yeah, very meaty. This. If you listen to this before any of your vegetarian friends, let them know. Like, yeah, it, this is you might be breaking edge. OK, this is very meaty episode. Yeah, I've been driving the Ford Explorer, which is a big old honking thing. But I really I still miss the Volvo. I miss more, that. Just, yeah, more just... like an Exploder. I'm sure when Gavin gets home, he'll be in the market for a Volvo. So if anyone has a line on a great used <laughs> Volvo or maybe uh, Volvo in Charleston could, I don't know, hook up the pod. You oh, know, get yeah. A please tweet at Volvo. Please tweet at Volvo and we get a loaner car for the life of the endorsement. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> please hit it. Hit the outro. Be safe. Get home. Host state of the state. Don't make me pick you up in Charlotte. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, very good. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you, baby's mama, for that voicemail. You can do like her and give us a shout at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you don't want to do either of those things, how about you do a little survey for us at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org slash lead survey. We love to know your feedback about the pod. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina Lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Yeah, I purchased multiple Celsius yesterday. <laughs> That's not good. You're you know, it's buy two, get one. I'm like, but they were all weird. Uh, I've been throwing up rock <laughs> candy and I'm scared. <laughs> Why is it crystallizing? <laughs>